0: hello and welcome back to unmasked at least i hope that's welcome back because that would mean that you haven't missed any of our previous amazing guests if it is however your first time my name is alex i'm your host if you haven't already please do us the huge favor of following us on social media instagram tiktok youtube x facebook pretty much everything at unmasked with alex and share the show with a friend of yours that you think might enjoy it too the support really does help out so much more than you think I am extremely excited for this episode, and once you guys hear who it is, I think you guys will be too. Today, I have Bella Hibbs. She's the owner of Good Faith Casting here in Arizona, which is one of the most notable casting agencies in the Southwest. So, you guys are truly in for a real treat today. So, without further ado, I bring you Bella Hibbs. I've been... I've been... I've been... Unmasked. 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 The first... Yes, I will be introducing you more off-camera. But okay. in this first part, I want you to kind of introduce yourself, but not just normal hi, my name is whatever... I want it to be as if you're going on some sort of award show or game show or something and you know how like when they're introducing you they announce all your accolades all the reasons why you should be listening to this person whatever accolades you want them to know about whatever things that are special about you mm-hmm. that you want announced that's how I want you to introduce yourself so I'll let you kind of introduce to the people of who you are
1: okay Well, hi, my name is Bella Hibbs. I am a casting director, and I've been casting for over 12 years. And then, as of the last four years, I am the owner of Good Faith Casting. So I own and run um, here in the Southwest. And we cast for film, television, and commercials.
0: Heck yeah. Okay, perfect, which that's right up my alley. And I think you were one of the first companies or entities, I guess you could say, that I heard about when I first started this, which. That's honestly extremely impressive seeing as how obviously there's a million and one acting or film type of industries in Arizona and companies and stuff and classes and all this kind of stuff. So the fact that you were one of the first that popped up on my radar for like casting stuff, you're obviously doing something
1: right there. My marketing is working.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So being a casting director, that's obviously not the most cliche job of all time. That's not most like... Oh, when I grow up, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a firefighter. Not a lot of kids would say, I want to be a casting director. How did you end up falling into this career?
1: You know, it's so true because when I tell people not in the entertainment industry that I'm a casting director, they're like, wait, really? Like, wait, you do that? I'm like, yeah, I do that every day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's definitely a niche job. So uh, my mom actually started the company, so I am a second generation casting director. Okay. Um, I say I've been casting for 12 years, but basically all my life, because I remember being in the, my mom's office while she was doing auditions, and I was doing my homework just in yeah. the back of the studio hanging out. And <laughs> as a teen, if you said, you're going to end up working with your mom one day, I'd be like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> well, here I am. She's taught me everything I know and more. Um, and Now, I'm at the point in my career where I can't imagine doing anything else. Like, I I truly love it. Uh, Even even when I'm working with the same client, it's a different script. It's different characters. It's finding that gem. And you're like, oh my gosh, where have you been? Um, And seeing the whole project come together is honestly nothing short than magical. Yeah. I know that probably sounds cliche too. But the movie Magic, it's real. I get it. I see it. And I understand why people gravitate towards the entertainment industry.
0: Really? And she started the one here, too, because I know you guys cast not just in Arizona, but you guys cast in all the Southwest, right?
1: Exactly. So she started here in Arizona, and then we expanded to Albuquerque, New Mexico. They have a great film incentive. And at the time, Arizona had lost ours. So we wanted to still capitalize on that work. And then, ironically, in 2019, we expanded our commercial office to Los Angeles. Okay. And then global pandemic. Yeah. Like, oh. oh. Um, so we just some time. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> yeah, of course, this would happen. Um, and then kind of a crazy ride of like taking over the business. Um, we don't have a physical office on the East Coast, but we do a lot of New York castings. Really. D.C., Georgia, um, a lot of commercial casting on the East Coast as well. So it's been really cool to see the business expand.
0: Was there a specific reason why you guys only do screen stuff instead of like theater stuff? I don't know how all that works. If it's like a completely different process, or how even the theatrical stuff works, because I'm not a theater actor. I'm I'm a screen actor, and so I don't know how that side of stuff works.
1: Exactly. So um, every type of project is its own genre. Um, and we just really gravitated towards the on-screen performance. I love theater actors, they're some of our best actors that we have, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a different environment and I want to be really good at what I do and what I specialize in, and there are other people who are just better at it and i let them do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. that's interesting that she started it here, of all places, because Arizona is not necessarily known as a film place. Like, you would think starting something in the industry You would go to LA, Chicago, New York. One of uh, Atlanta, one of the big industries for film. Um, I know it's kind of hard to talk on behalf of somebody else, but what do you think sparked her to build such a company in an area that doesn't seem like? Especially, I can't imagine when she started it. Yeah. The market, like obviously now the market is a little bit bigger. I can't imagine what the market looked like when she started the company.
1: And when she started, it was really she wanted to start a family. Um, She was in Los Angeles um, in a different career, but then, you know, she had kids, me and my siblings, and she wanted to have a family and a safe place for us to grow up in, more Mm. stability. And we actually did, Arizona for a while was popping with the tax incentives um, and doing a lot of film and television, and then we lost him. But good news, they're back. Yeah. (laughs) A long journey to get here, but I really do see Arizona becoming the next Atlanta.
2: Really, clients
1: love filming here. Celebrities love filming here. Really, they just need truly the incentive to come. So now with the tax incentives and the new studios being built, I could see this. I mean, it's going to take some time, mm-hmm. but we're we're in the game now.
0: Right. So you said you have siblings. Are they also in the entertainment industry or?
1: Oh gosh, no. <laughs> no, uh, my sister works for the government, and she's amazing. If you ask me what she did in the government, I'd be like. I <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's
0: everybody's like every sibling's reaction to another sibling's like I've never heard a sibling that's like oh, I know exactly what they do there's like it does something like I don't know what it is but
1: yeah it's really important it's- and cool beyond that no idea yeah um, and then my younger brother he actually was an actor for a little bit um, really he played Luke Wilson's son in a movie called Middleman which I think is maybe still on Netflix and He made a bunch of money, got a bunch of residuals, and then, I don't know, around being a teenager, he's like, I don't want to do it anymore. And he just completely stopped, which is such a shame, and I give him so much shit for it because (laughs) he's good. He's a great actor. He's funny. He's charismatic. And I'm like, of course, you grew up with this. Yeah. You had arguably more opportunities than most, and you rejected it.
0: (laughs) I know. Yeah, and especially someone in Arizona that is like, super hungry for the work like, I've seen some of like the most fantastic actors here, but because of the industry that we're in, because of the location that we're in, they like they don't get the same breaks that a lot of other people get in the same other types of like families or industries. and I don't know I, I kind of wonder like what if those people were given those opportunities as well sometimes like how much how big would they be if they weren't stuck in
1: Arizona? Well, exactly. And and depending where you're located, you know, there are just some markets that are more conducive for film and television. Right. Before we got our tax incentives, it was a lot of commercials. You were a commercial actor here in Arizona. You're doing print work, maybe some industrials. But what would happen is all our good actors, what would they do? They moved to LA. Right. And I get it because that's where the opportunities were. So I'm personally excited. Again, I really do see Arizona being on the map um, and just providing so many more opportunities. And you don't have to leave. You don't. Yeah. and the thing is, LA, New York, the cost of living, it can be lonely, you it's know, saturated. <laughs> There's so many pros and cons on both ways. Um, and maybe I'm just partial, because I, I love Arizona. I can't yeah. imagine living anywhere else.
0: How long have you been in Arizona?
1: Um, we moved here when I was like three. So I'm oh, so basically a native without really? being a real native. <laughs> I feel like
0: it's half and half. Either you're raised or born and raised here, and you absolutely love it. And you never want to leave, or you're born and raised here, and the only thing you want to do is get out. Yeah. I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I want to get out. I want to see, because I've only ever lived in Arizona, and so I don't know what it's like to be anywhere else. And so it's it's like putting a hamster in a cage that's too small for them. All they want to do is gnaw on the bars and get out. Um,
1: is there a get-out place you'd want to go? Like, Are you itching <laughs> to go to Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, like, or is it just getting out?
0: So I've told people that, like, when the, when they find out I'm an actor and I want to leave, the first thing, oh, you want to go to, like, L.A. or New York? And I'm like, I would only want to live there if I can comfortably live there. I don't want to be, like, one of those actors that's sharing a one-bedroom apartment with eight other people. And I guess I know you... That's
1: kind of, not appealing to you? No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't
0: know. I don't know. I've, I've honestly, like, I've been watching a lot of the videos on YouTube of, like, these $1,000, 30-square-foot apartments and stuff for the struggling actor. I'm like... I'm sorry, I don't know if I could do something like that. Like, I understand that the apartment for them is mostly just, like, you eat, sleep, and shower there, and then you're working everywhere else, but even then, like, it's not nice apartments either. It's, like, buildings from the 50s that have mold or whatever inside, and, like, you're paying an arm and a leg, and even then, I mean, it's still even, like, uh, my old coach was saying how even in SAG, only, like, 5% of people in SAG can afford to be on the insurance, which means that they only five percent even makes over fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year, and I'm like, those are kind of scary statistics to oh, make a move like that. Oh,
1: they're horrible. Yeah, actually, I just learned this recently from one of the videos. Um, depending on when people listen to this during the SAG and writers' strike, mm-hmm. somebody was complaining like, "Well, why doesn't SAG lower the minimum to health insurance so more people could get health insurance?" Well, guess what? Who's on? It? They have like and. Somebody listening is probably like, you totally misquoted this, so go do your own research. But basically, there's a board of X amount of people. Mm-hmm. Half of them are from SAG, and the other half are the studios. So the studios don't want to make it easier. Oh, exactly. The, studi- the same studios who are refusing to be transparent with the residual numbers, paying mm-hmm. people on time, and even down to safety regulations, they're now declining. It's They're the same people who don't want to give us what we're asking for. So mm-hmm. while the union would love for everyone to have health insurance, the fact is, people just don't get paid enough. The residuals have yeah. completely disappeared. Um, and, like you said, you know, living in LA or New York, you know, you have to think of the quality of life. Yeah. And I couldn't do the studio apartments. I couldn't do roommates. I am very bougie. <laughs> <laughs> I need my space.
0: <laughs> Honestly, that's how I am too. Unfortunately, Arizona doesn't have cheap enough stuff to be able to do that. Um, hopefully, one day. Um, <laughs> I guess going back to your earlier question. I've been heavily thinking on Atlanta because of the fact that the film industry there is booming, like, it's basically becoming the next Hollywood, and you don't have the cost of living of something like L.A. Like, yes, you have opportunity in L.A., but you also have to remember that it's one of the most populated cities in the country. So it's not just like you go there and you're guaranteed a spot. You're going there, now you're competing with the big sharks. Mm -hmm. Now you're competing with every other person, each cat or each... Agency has probably a few thousand actors that are signed up. That all are five foot whatever, blonde, blue eyed people that look exactly like you, or that and you
1: have resumes and they've been doing it yeah you know, for 15, 20 years they yeah sag uh, you know their dad's a director like exactly
0: they all have these ins and outs and like even here like a lot of the people that I've seen that can be actors full time it's those people that have the opportunity of not having to have a day job so they can focus every bit of their energy on that and so for the other actors it becomes a very difficult situation of like well I would love to do this film but it films Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday which is when I work mm-hmm. I almost didn't even get signed to my agency because of the fact I had a day job and like I I've, I completely get it you have to make sure that you're, that whoever you sign is available to do the work that you're assigning them it's just hard when like With the economy the way it is, you can't really survive off of Uber and stuff for the entire time to be able to catch every everything and waitressing jobs and all that. Like, there's a reason why the whole thing is starving
1: artists. Well, and then clients wonder why like somebody doesn't want to work for two hundred dollars a day. Yeah. Um, And it's like sometimes they make more at their day job, and at the end of the day, you have responsibilities and commitments, or you know maybe family to take care of, and you have to kind of weigh that pros and cons. Um, Right. And the, and the rates, again, just have not kept up with cost of living. No,
0: absolutely not. And going into like the $200 a day thing as well, a lot of people don't realize that's not a day job thing where you go and you have 2 15-minute breaks, an hour-long lunch doing this or that. I've been on sets where I'm on set for nearly 16 hours and I get paid $175. And for me, like, obviously it's my passion. I love to do it. But for a normal person, I'm like, I'm, like obviously I'm not breaking my back, up, depending on the role. But I'm not, People like,
1: underestimate how hard it is on set. You yeah. have to be um, energetically on. Yes. You have to be not only like know your lines, you're on your feet, and you're right, you're not getting 15 minutes to go sit down really. It's you know it's a lot of hurry up and wait, yeah. but then, oh, OK, we need you for the shot, go, go, go. Right, right. Like, it, you're constantly on for, again, 10, 12 yeah. hours. It's hard.
0: You might be like I've had roles where I've sat on waiting for hours and hours on end. But it's not like, oh, OK, I have 15 minutes. I can take a nap right now. It's you have to be ready right the second when the director's like, all right, I need you on. We're about to film your scene. You need to be like, I had an old friend. Um, she had cancer, and um, she survived, and she's, she's good now, but um, she did a Make-A-Wish Foundation thing, and her wish was to meet and hang out with Daniel Radcliffe. and so they flew her to London uh, for her to be on set with him, and she got to hang out with him, and she was saying it was awesome, but one of the craziest things was the fact of he was in the middle of shooting a movie, so she like uh, got to go on set with him. Every so often, he'd like step off for a little bit, check on her, be like, "Hey, how you doing?" Blah blah blah. This was in three seconds. Okay, Dan, we need you back on. Boom. On the way to like walking over from where he was with her to set, it was an immediate transformation of like, "Hey, blah, blah, blah. boom!" Whatever his character he's supposed to be in, and it's almost like inhumane to be able to do something like that, especially if like you're talking to someone and then the scene that you're supposed to do involves hysterical crying like it's not easy to switch that on and off and that's what I feel like the most taxing part about being on these sets is like I've done scenes that I have to be like crying or whatever and it's not a one take and you're done it's not like oh I can cry on commands like can you do that 40 times over and over again in case you forget a line, your castmate forgets a line, something's out of focus a light was off, continuity sake to where something was in the shot that wasn't supposed to be in the shot
1: Let's do it again. And see what just happens. You're yeah. Like, uh,
0: again. Or if they just want to have more options to choose from, it's it's not as easy as just doing that. Which I think that's one of the reasons why people underestimate. Of like, oh, why does this person get paid so much? And it's like, well, there's a lot of training and a lot of. I mean,
1: there's a lot of work before you yeah. even get to set, too. Yeah. So you're you know you're prepping your role your scenes obviously being memorized and, yeah. then, and then the physical taxing of being on set. Um, it is it is taxing. It's hard work. I did a photo shoot years ago, um, it was like a bridal magazine. I did it for a friend and I got to wear like these $5,000, $10,000 dresses. I'm like, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, By like three o'clock in the afternoon, I almost passed out because we hadn't eaten. We hadn't had anything to drink. Um, (laughs) At the time, I was doing fitness competitions where I was used to eating literally every three hours on the dot. And it was so embarrassing. I was like, um I think I need to sit down yeah and it was like someone catches me I was like oh wow I look like <laughs> such a diva I'm like oh my gosh. and they're like oh yeah I guess we haven't had any breaks today. I'm like yeah you think
0: <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that too because uh, I was listening to another podcast where they're talking about athletes and MMA fighters and stuff I only just found out that apparently to like make weight or to make themselves look a certain way you dehydrate the ever-living shit out of themselves and well yes like you might be able to go without water for one day and be like, oh, I'm fine. It's like when you're training that hard, you're consuming that much liquid for that amount of time. And then you have to go for like 22 hours without a single drop of water so that your skin can like be a certain way. And then you have to go and exert yourself like that. I was like, there's a lot, there's a lot of industries that we don't realize that the work and stuff that goes into it, that there's a reason why they get paid the big bucks
1: exactly and people are like oh they just
0: go and do this it's like well no and even for actors I mean when you hear about someone that made like oh he made like 10 or 10 million dollars in this film it's like well that's gross honey <laughs> you're not taking account fees for his agent his manager his Lawyers, other manager
1: publicist yeah especially the bigger the actor yeah. and you know it's so funny especially with the SAG strike people have complained or voiced concern, you know, like, well, if these big Hollywood actors weren't paid so much, there'd be more money for the rest of us. And I don't think that's the right argument. I do believe these actors have earned that right. They have they have hustled, they've worked their butt off, yeah. and their name sells tickets at the box office.
0: That's, that's what I was going to say. Like, I know that there was a huge controversy a little while ago that was like, oh, why isn't X artist paid the same amount as this person? It's like, well, how many people are going to see it just because this person? I know there was like it was like Jennifer Lawrence versus Leonardo DiCaprio, and people were asking her, like, um, I think it was in uh, Don't Look Up or something. Oh, okay. Um, she was only paid like twelve million. He was paid like seventeen million. And they're like, "Aren't you upset about that?" She's like, "It's Leonardo DiCaprio. Why would I be upset?" I'm like, the amount of people that see that just because Leo's in that movie, they don't give a shit about who's directing it, who's who's filming it. They don't care about what the storyline even is. It's a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. People are gonna watch it regardless. That's marketing right there. It's, you have to look at the business's return on investment. They are going to pay more. For, like, even if he has 10 lines and she has 200 lines, I'm sorry, but that's just not the way that these kind of industries work.
1: And I think people forget it is a business. Yeah. And Yes, we are creative and we have so much passion and storytelling, but at the end of the day, it does come down to dollars.
0: Absolutely. It's, no one ever said they, it's a not-for-profit type of thing. Like These guys are looking to make a profit. They're looking to make money off of this kind of stuff. Exactly. So there's, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Did you ever want to
1: go on the other side of things and be in the acting industry? No. <laughs> uh, easy answer, no. Um, I have so much respect for actors um, because the vulnerability you have to have every audition, mm-hmm. every take, every scene, that's hard. Yeah. And to have to be able to put it out there just like that. Yeah. You know, that takes a lot. Um, and I'm a control freak. So <laughs> I, I like being able to control what I can in casting. Yeah. Uh, and acting, again, I have so much respect and props, uh, but I'm also humble enough to know that it wasn't for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, I, I know that obviously, like, you're a human being, but you have to try to be as professional as possible. Does your decision when casting somebody does that ever get affected by personal feelings towards somebody
2: for you?
1: Ooh, you know, people ask me this all the time, like, do you play favorites? I'm like, yeah, duh. Yeah. Um, but the nice thing is being a favorite can be really quite easy if you show up prepared. Mm-hmm. You're ready, you're, you're memorized, you've prepped the scene, you're always on time, you're kind, you're courteous, you just go with the flow because in the entertainment industry, things just change and it's nobody's fault. You know, right. we lose a location. One of the stars has to leave, and now we have to rearrange the whole shoot schedule. Things just happen. And right. to be that actor who could just be like, okay, cool, let's do it, it goes so far. Now, there are a lot of people that I personally would probably not hang out with outside of the industry. Yeah. Um, but if they are a good actor and they're reliable and I can count on them, I'm going to cast them. <laughs> um, the moment you break that trust and you do something inappropriate, whether it's on set, in an audition, um, or even like people try to like badmouth us online. I'm like, first of all, it's the internet; it lives forever, and you don't yeah. think I've got like 40 actors screenshotting and sending this to me? <laughs> like I know. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm also young. I'm on the internet, yeah. so I. If it becomes to a point where I can't trust you and you become a liability, then I'll yeah. stop bringing you in because my job as casting. Is yes to find the best people for the role, but I also work for the production company. Right. My job is to protect protect them and if there's an unreliable actor who is constantly late or no shows to set that's a liability and you know time is money when you're yeah. on these big productions they don't have time to wait for you to roll out of bed and be an hour late to set
0: right i mean i don't know, i i definitely get the professional stance with like respecting your time i guess like cuz you were mentioning like you wouldn't hang out with certain people outside of that kind of stuff um, obviously, you can't be a complete recluse. You have to have some sort of life. Um, I'm not sure if it if you do prefer to hang out with people in the industry or if you prefer to kind of completely get out of it, but like if there was, say, an actor that is extremely good, extremely punctual, extremely like, he he marks all, he checks all the boxes of the perfect person to cast, but your personal feelings of possibly a relationship, possibly, this something completely personal, not related at all to work. Do you think that would affect a decision?
1: Um, no, the only, I, this, Where it, if where it affects me is more of if I like. I how do I say this? We um, were getting into the nitty gritty here. <laughs> I am not typically friends with a lot of actors outside yeah. of the relationship, only because I have been used people right. sucked up to me, they got close to me, people came to my house and like intimate barbecues with family mm. and then they turned around and stabbed me in the back the first moment they had. And so I've had to be just a little bit more cautious of that. That makes um, sense. I don't mind if, you know, if I see someone out uh, at a networking event, like yeah, I'll have a drink and hang out and chat for a little bit, but I do kind of keep a close circle when it comes to my family yeah. and my I guess my inner circle of friends I've maybe been friends with since high school. Yeah. Um, just just out of trust, you know, the entertainment industry is it is. It can you know, be shady. It is, and I, I can, I see it so easily now because I've been burned so many times. Yeah, that I'm like, you're just being nice to me because you want something from me, and I can tell, and I'm not having it.
0: Yeah, no, I get that, and I didn't. I had no idea of how much, especially, even in Arizona, where it's not even a huge industry. I like, LA imagine. is, like, 10,000 times worse. Yeah, like, even being here, I was getting into this industry, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I started meeting, like, one or two people that were, like, super slimy and stuff, and I'm like, huh? And then just, like, meeting more, I, I and even talking to other people, the amount of people I've been talking to lately that have also been burned by other people, I'm like, it almost makes me second-guess, like, my career and stuff, but obviously, like, every career is going to have people like that. Um, and it's kind of just learning who you can and can't trust. But, Listening
1: to your gut, you know, yeah. is something I, God, like, they should be teaching this in school to kids, and I wish I learned it sooner, because yeah. there was a lot of times, like, that was like kind of a weird comment, or that was odd. Yeah. Uh, and then it isn't until the big thing that happens that you're like, oh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know, even, like, on the lives, because, like, I'll, I'll tune in if I'm off work or something, I'll tune into the lives, and I, I remember you mentioned how um there has been like some questionable messages or something that you get and like please like don't do this and don't do that and I'm like oh shoot that's exactly what I did when I first like reached out and then I was like and then I see some of the comments that coming I'm like oh okay I'm safe I'm, I'm <laughs> not asking anything near this okay cool and I've I, I remember even like one of the last lives I was like I heard someone saying like hey cast me in this and I'm like <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, buddy. I'm pretty <laughs> right. sure it's a little bit of a process instead of. If just only like, it was that easy, right? Yeah. Like,
1: um, people just, I get it. You, you know, people I think are so afraid of. Um, they don't want to mess up, but the thing is, you're gonna have to fail. And yeah. I, I've kind of adopted the mentality of I want to fail often and quickly, so I can get it out of the way yeah. and get back on the road of success. So when you're first starting the industry, and I get DMs all the time, and I frankly I don't respond to them because I don't do coaching in the DMs. Yeah. Um, but you would have to I guess make those mistakes to learn like yeah this isn't gonna be how it plays out yeah um, and if you think I'm wrong like I dare y'all to go try that with an LA casting director
0: <laughs> I've heard no. they're a different breed
1: <laughs> you're gonna be yelled at <laughs>
0: yeah I had one one coach here that she's from LA and so like she had to completely relearn of how the industry is here because apparently it's 10 times different here than it is in LA and I'm like, oh wow! Is it really like that much different and having different people and
1: uh. every market is very. It is very different. It's really funny. It's like it's still the entertainment industry. It's still film and television, but Albuquerque, New Mexico versus Arizona versus Atlanta, Texas. It it is all different, um, and navigating that can be a little tricky. But Mm. there is a hierarchy in place for a reason. It's you know We're not trying to gatekeep, yep. but at the end of the day, I can't have hundreds of actors just asking to pick my brain because right. I would never end up casting anything. Right. That makes sense. Um, and then I think that's why sometimes people perceive me as more harsh is because they do hold the actors to an LA standard mm. because I know that's their competition. Their competition isn't in the room with them. It's not at their agency. It's LA right. because we're so close to LA that if you if the Arizona talent does not bring it, they mm-hmm. will, and they do bring people in from LA, and I don't want that to happen. I pride. I'm like, I know we have good talent here, and so I hold people to a higher standard. And you know, like, oh, Bella is so mean. I'm like, if I, you know, you, you can think I'm mean, but trust that I'll get you where you need to go.
0: Yeah. Well, you you kind of do have to be quote unquote mean sometimes. You can't cater to love. everybody. You can't cater. It. You run a business, and you can't cater to someone else's feelings. Everyone's feelings at once, especially when you're dealing, like, you're not the big, like, company. Like, how, how can I say this? You work for these directors and stuff. It's not just like you're Amazon or whatever, and you, you right. are the, the last stop. It's like you're the middleman between these other people. So it's not just like your standards that you have to hold up to, it's another standards. And it's like your job online. If,
1: if I show a client, or a director a bad self-tape of somebody in their car holding their phone selfie style, which does happen, <laughs> which I'm like, how? Um, it makes me look bad. The director's gonna be like, what kind of casting director are you? Why yeah. would you think this is appropriate? So yeah, I have to answer to someone too, and selfishly, yeah, I wanna get paid and hired again. Yeah. So there is a standard, um, and I understand, you know, Arizona, a lot of people, this is a hobby for them or it's a part-time thing but this is my full-time gig, this is my career, and I wanna work with other people who at least have the drive. You know, I get time, money, and circumstances are different for everyone, but you can control how much effort you're putting in, and how you show up, and yeah, maybe you can't say yes to every audition, but when you do audition, it's good, you've put the work in. Yeah,
0: there's also such a big investment that like I'm even just now learning of how big the investment is when you're going into all of it, and that can definitely stump a lot of
1: people. I mean, it's cheaper than medical school. <laughs> that, that's true. Did you go to college? Um, I did. I actually got an associate's degree in hospitality at SCC. Um, really? And it actually kind of like translates really well because it's just dealing with people and communicating. Okay. Um, and I, I guess maybe I have commitment issues because I, when I was started casting, my mom was like, you know, you know, you could drop out of college and do this, and uh, I was like, no, I'll, I'll get my associates just in case, like. What if one day I wake up and I'm like, I hate casting. I need, I need an out, <laughs> and so getting my associates was at least an out. It's there if I need it. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. Do you think it was worth it? Still,
1: I did. I had a really I loved community college. I yeah. was in student leadership. Um, I had really awesome teachers and mentors. So um, I guess I have a like. There's a little insecurity that I didn't go to like I want to say a real school because I think SEC was great, but like I university didn't, type. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. I didn't do the whole dorm life, so I guess maybe there's. I'm like, oh, what would that have been like? But I really loved my experience, um, and community college was great. I was really lucky to – I think it's really what you put into the experience a lot of times, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really went in just like, I want to, like, make friends and hang out and learn. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Honestly, I I don't know. I've been very iffy about the college situation, especially for something – anything in the arts. That's – because art is such a subjective thing, so when – I do hear people that, like, obviously someone can – Teach you the operations of a camera or how like framing and stuff, but nobody can teach you what looks good. That's up. That's a subjective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been kind of iffy on that a little bit.
1: I mean, a lot of our industry. I mean, yes, people go to universities and schooling, um, but a lot of it is mentorship yeah. and finding someone that you're able to work with and show you the ropes. And um, and especially for casting, there is no degree. Right. There's no course. Um, there's there's literally nothing. You, the only way to learn is through apprenticeship, which can be really hard to get into because there are frankly so few of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which I'm okay. I guess. Like, I'm like they can just like all hire me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, there there are. I think there's like you and maybe like two or three other casting directors here
1: in Arizona. Yeah, um, and then in LA there's a lot. Yeah, um, because it's a much bigger market. But most yeah. regional markets maybe only have four or five max casting directors because depending on this like even um, in Georgia I think there's only like four really big ones really um and they have a ton of work you know so yeah um it's definitely a niche industry
0: <laughs> I know you've obviously done a lot of projects do you have any that constantly always come to mind that you don't like you can't stop thinking about or that were just like the most memorable projects that you've ever casted for maybe Mm. it's like the one that you're most proud of or maybe it's the one that you regret taking on the most oh
1: Oh, that's funny regret um I would say two projects come to mind um number one was Wanderer which is on Amazon Prime um, starring Aaron Eckhart and Tommy Lee Jones Um, the director April Mullen was amazing she was fantastic and I hope that I get to work with her again one day Um, And hopefully she'll listen to this and know that I'm (laughs) fangirling over her because she was freaking amazing. If she
0: listens to this, I'm going to be fangirling.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, She's a director out in Canada and she came out to Mexico. We filmed a really fun kind of um, psychological thriller. Mm -hmm. Um, It was fun to cast. It was fun to work. It was collaborative. And those Mm. are the projects I really like. And then the second project definitely um, was amazing to be on the pilot of Duster, which was for HBO Max. Um, Of what? HBO Max. um, What was the title? Uh, Duster. Duster. Uh, yes. And it was being produced by J.J. Abrams and Latoya Morgan. Ooh. And that was, like, the moment I was like, whoa.
0: So you get to, like, work, like, directly with, like,
1: these. I got to be on a Zoom call with him. And I was like, don't be weird, Bella. Don't be weird. <laughs> Smile. Look good. Like, if anything, he'll just think you're nice. Um, And it was, that was, like, the cool moment. I was like, oh, snap. And so I'm hoping yeah. that it was one of those, like, moments I was like, this is, like, the big leagues. Yeah. You know, the, that moment. I was like, wow. So. Um, sadly that poor show has hit every road bump imaginable um, because they had ended up moving their production to New Mexico and so much time had passed between the pilot that they had to recast a lot of their leads and mm. then Rider Strike happens, SAG Strike happens so they stopped production I was like okay well it wasn't meant to be to cast that film and, or uh, show but hopefully it gives me another opportunity in the universe to get to work with J.J. Abrams again because yeah. I was a huge fan of Lost. It's like my favorite show ever oh, and yeah. The writer strike messed that show up, too, so, you know, like... <laughs>
0: Didn't he also do uh, La La Land? Was that J.J. Abrams?
1: Oh, gosh, I don't know what that one is. Ah, I, I, That's the one with Emma Stone. Yeah, Emma yeah. Stone and Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, yeah. Uh, I thought was was J.J. Abrams?
0: I swear, I thought it was, because I thought I remember, like, there was a huge thing to where they had, like, literally shut down, like, a huge portion of New York City to film oh. a part of it, and, like, all these highways and stuff, and I'm like... I couldn't imagine just having the power to be able to shut down part of a huge city just to make my project come to life. That's a pretty cool move, yeah. (laughs) That's like, I feel like that's the ultimate power move right there. Just like, I shut down LA for like three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just because I needed to make something come to life. It was a (laughs) Tuesday. Yeah, typical thing. What was it like to be able to take on a project like that?
1: Um, It was probably the most anxiety I've had in a while, but it really stretched me as a human being because my goal was like, I... Want to be the most perfect casting director for them. Yeah. I want them to be like, whoa, like you're here. I'm like, yep, I'm here. So I worked. I gave my like whole soul for like six weeks yeah. to this project, um, and I loved it. And it made me a better person, like just a better leader. I was like, okay, what am I capable of? And and in those moments of growth, it's exhausting, but mm. it's so worth it. And it really gave me a hunger. I was like, I'm ready for that next big league. Yeah. Um, and then now with Arizona's tax incentives, I feel like. I'll have an opportunity to hopefully to continue to shine,
0: yeah. No, uh, <laughs> have you been like obviously, I know there's a lot of NDAs and stuff, and you can't say a lot, but has there been a lot of, like surprisingly big league people coming out here to like ask you to cast for them and stuff?
1: Not yet. Um, you know, the biggest one recently was Rob Schneider. He moved out here. MLM, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we were able to cast his film, which was great. And hopefully, he'll continue to do more, especially like family friendly comedies. Like, I kind of miss the comedies, like the yeah. 90 minutes, like you're just in, you're out, it's light, um, everything's really like, heavy. Are we
0: there yet? Type of stuff, yeah, it's, okay. you know,
1: it's yeah. Just, I'm like, okay, this is fun. Um, and so there have been rumors, and again, they are rumors, so who knows, but like, you know, Paramount has reached out to the studios in Buckeye. Apparently, they asked to buy all 12 of them. Um, I heard something and, like
2: that, yeah, yeah, and
1: then the studios are like, well, no, because like, we're footing the bill for you to. Basically, own all, no. Um, So they're like, well, maybe you could rent out like three of the six. And so it's nice to see those big names wanting to come to Arizona, though. Yeah. Um, Because that's, you know, they have the money that can really go into the economy. They can really hire people and create jobs. Yeah. And that's really what the tax incentive is for, ultimately. Do
0: you think that we have a chance of becoming like a SAG state?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't even know that process. Um, Probably we would stay a right to work state, Mm -hmm. um, which. There are pros and cons on both sides of yeah. it, but for actors, it can be helpful um, because then they can continue to still work commercials, right. which commercials, and as not as glamorous as film and television, um, can pay really well. Oh yeah, um, you can book you know even a non-union commercial is you know twenty five hundred bucks for the day. That's a, that's a good day.
2: That's yeah.
1: Um, and sometimes it can go up you know if you're working multiple days, so it's nice for them to be able to still supplement their income with doing, being able to do commercials as well as film and television. Um, and then if they want to move to LA, potentially, they'll be, have a, be in a better position to be union eligible. Because yeah. that's in LA, there are agents that if you're not a union member, they're not going to sign you. Right. But it's like, well, how do I become a union member if I don't have an agent and I can't get jobs? It's this yeah. whole perpetual cycle. So it actually will provide, hopefully, more opportunities for people.
0: I hope so. That, that was one of like, the irritating things with like when I learned about how to join SAG is you have to be in a SAG project. In order to be eligible, but I'm like, don't you guys only really hire SAG people to be in a SAG project? Like, obviously, like if you're good enough, they'll hire you, even if you're not. But it's kind of like, but you're you, also going up against SAG people, exactly. Who, yeah, yeah, who are really good because yeah, yeah. so they're it's SAG. Like, <laughs> it's a very hard cycle to break into. Like, you have to be like the best of the best, and it's like all oh, these SAG people are nothing. I, I can top them. I didn't know, also, that, like, when I when I first started getting in the industry and learning about all of it, like, we've had tax incentive, and, like, every, like, what, like, five to ten years, we get it, and then it gets taken away, and then we get it, and it gets taken away. That's one of the biggest things I think I worry like, about with, like, we do have it now, mm. and, yes, there's studios being built in Arizona. There's all these big things that are happening, but how do we know it's gonna stick? How do we know that like there actually is a career in this industry in Arizona?
1: True, I mean nothing's ever, I guess, set in stone, but what I have heard is different about this bill is it does not have an expiration date that um, a member in Congress would have to actively vote to take the bill away, mm-hmm. which is a lot, from what I hear, again, and I'm not in the politics realm, yeah. but. People aren't typically gonna go after a bill like that. If it comes up for expiration, it's a lot easier than to take it away. Because it's like, oh, we gotta vote on this, and it's not really working. To actively pursue it to then take it down. Yeah. So it kind of works in our favor that it will just keep coming through every year. Yeah. Um, The nice thing is, places like Atlanta and Albuquerque have given a really nice roadmap of how successful these programs can be. Hmm. And we've been able to really learn, okay, in Atlanta, they had their tax incentive, And then they found out their production is just bringing everybody in from New York or Chicago. Then they put rules, Okay, now you have to hire X amount locally. You have Mm -hmm. to um, do X amount of posts here locally with local vendors. So we've been able to learn a lot from these other states. So hopefully the trial and error for our state won't be um, such a steep learning curve as other states had. Um, And then having the studio presence definitely helps keep it because that's a huge money driver.
0: So do you think that they're truly is a bright future for the film industry in Arizona?
1: Yes, so I so do. I'm like I and I know right now it sucks because of the strikes and right. people are down, but I have this like maybe just childish optimism that I'm like First of all, when the strikes do come to a hopefully a really fair resolution to both parties, yeah. um, we're going to be so busy. Not only yeah. because we've, we've already had a backlog from COVID. Now we have a backlog because of the strike. <laughs> and then now Arizona is in a position to say, hey, come film here. We're yeah. open. Um, and so I keep telling people, especially actors, is this is the time to plant those seeds, to hone your craft, and to really be an actor so that way when those opportunities come you're going to be ready Mm -hmm. and and there's a there's a lot of mentality of like well there's just no work i'm not going to do anything and that's okay but your competition they're they're gearing up waiting ready for those opportunities
0: i was so like i've been in my own like rut of not having a lot of work and stuff um i was watching something the other day to where it was like a lot of the most successful actors didn't get that where they are because of work that they found. It's because of work that they did. Like uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, they did Goodwill Hunting themselves, which is what kind of blew them up. And then um, I think even Will Smith, like he was, he kind of created his own work to get himself out there. Um, so I think that's that's one big thing. And I was even talking to a friend of mine um, on the phone who's also uh, big in like the film industry here, and. She brought something to my attention that, like, for me, it's hard for me to just sit down and write a full script, write a full scenario thing of something I want to be in and, like, try to think about how to get all these people together. But doing something like a film challenge, the amount of film challenges that are in Arizona and the amount of people that are hungry enough for work that will work out of passion stuff, especially if it's, like, we'll get IMDB credits, we'll be able to have something on a resume. The reason why I have so many IMDB credits because I have did so many challenges and I was able to credit myself. And I'm like, that is the most genius thing I've ever heard because it almost gives you a template. Mm-hmm. A lot of these challenges are like, as long as follow this, 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 and this, it's like, you can either look at those restrictions or look at that as a guideline. Like, okay, they want us to use this object. Cool. Let's think of a random thing and do our best at it to make something happen. So I think that's one, one thing that people don't understand is you just... It, you, you are your own business.
1: Well, and that's the thing. I hear a lot of people say like, oh, well, there's just like no work for my type or my look or my age or whatnot. Um, but we are in the age where everyone has a cell phone and you can create content yeah. and you can make a short little scene and you can just play and have fun. And I get it. Not everyone's like, well, I'm an actor. Like, I, I don't want to write, mm-hmm. don't want to direct, don't want to do camera work. Totally understand that, too. Like, that's not necessarily my jam. Right. But if you don't want to do that, you can work on your personal brand Right. You know, that's going to help you. It's going to help you be on the map um, Mm -hmm. and then potentially if you don't continue on acting, you have a personal brand and you can pivot and launch a product, do a course, do coaching, whatever it is, because you've built a brand. Whether you're actually going out and filming content, which is great, but that might not be everyone's jam. But you could still build your brand in the meantime.
0: Absolutely. And that's, it's definitely difficult to do something like that. I um I Oh was, yeah, all of this is difficult. Like, oh yeah, I, yeah. I'm saying like, oh this <laughs> it's just like so easy. Yeah. Like just go
1: to LA, meet somebody at a coffee shop, you're gonna be famous. Just no get
0: 10,000 followers on Instagram, you'll done you'll be fine. easy. Yeah. Um, it is
1: all super, super yeah. hard. Um but at the same time, and maybe this is just the realist in me, it's like, you know, not pursuing your dreams is just as hard. Oh yeah. And, you know, having regret that you should have or could have or what would have happened, that's hard too. So yeah. I really say it's like choose your heart. And I get it, not everyone wants this industry. And that's okay too. Go do something that lights you up.
0: Absolutely. And um, shoot, I was, you just you sparked something in me that I just, I remember, but I just
1: lost it. How hard it. this industry is, how soul crushing, daily rejection, <laughs> constant second guessing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a hard industry. And that's it's what, a what very... I mean. Like, again, and that's why I give so much prop oh, to actors.
0: That's what I was going to say. Um, I was. There's, like, that round table thing. I don't know if you've watched those round table episodes where, like, they... Oh, with the film office? um, Where, like, they they sit, like, a bunch of, like, A-list actors around a round table and do that. Um, It was really interesting because they had one episode where they had some of these actors that are very, like, seasoned and stuff that have been in the industry for a long time that got their break very early on. And they were even saying, like, I don't think I could do it in, in today's age with, like... Yes, it was difficult back then, but all you had to do is show up to a casting director's office with like, a couple headshots, and then do that or go to um, pilot season. There's no such thing as pilot season anymore. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to be an actor, like yes, there's competition, but at least you knew that, like, hey, I'm gonna be gone for two weeks to go to LA for for pilot season, audition for four hundred things, and then hopefully one of them sticks. And that's how a lot of people were able to get like even episodic things and CSI or like little things like that. Now. There's no such thing as pilot season. There's no such thing as this. And everybody, it it's a blessing and a curse, I feel like, to have the ability to do these self-tape things. Because yes, it is it does open opportunity. But that means it's not just limited now to whoever can get to now, LA.
1: Now you actually have to be good. Yeah. Because you're going up against really good competition. I would have all the time directors at the end of the callback sessions would be like, OK, I guess we'll pick this person. They're the best of the worst. Yeah. And that was soul-crushing oh, like, I hate that. Who do you um, hate
0: less?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: but now now people have kind of the pick of the litter of, so you have to be good. The, the, right. the bar is good, and then you need to be great. And so, yes, pros and cons on both sides. It's, uh, it's, and as time has gone on, it's also a very saturated market. Yes, um, It's much easier to become an actor versus back in the day, it was like, well, I don't know who to Easier,
0: go. but in the most difficult way. <laughs> also, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's easier but uh, it's easier to be an actor but so much harder to book work because of how much competition there is now exactly and again <laughs> it's
1: hard and it's it. it has to be a passion and it yeah. has to have um, a meaning deeper and then maybe maybe your meaning is fame and you're like i just want to be famous and maybe that is what drives you. Yeah. Um, typically, I see those people get burnt out. Very oh, quickly absolutely. Because it it is hard. Um. Well,
0: typically, you have like most of your work when you're first starting out is free, or you're almost paying for it. Yeah, pizza. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the IMDb credit. I can't, I can't pay you, but you get a slice of pizza on me, a credit, and some okay footage. Like the amount of.
1: That we may or may not give you because we might not finish.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or it might Which, just Which, like, be don't do that,
1: independent filmmakers. Like Especially if you guys are, like, actors yeah. are working for free. Even if you don't finish the project, just say, hey, here's at least your footage that you can oh, yeah. use. Like, give that to them.
0: <laughs> That's about like, even, like, I have probably at least, like, 13 things under my belt. I think I have footage for four of them because, Aww. like, either it wasn't good enough to be on the reel or I just never got anything back. Like, I'll go and do a project for three days, and then, like, six months later, reach out, and they're like, oh, yeah, we scrapped everything. We couldn't find funding. And I'm like, I I did work for this, too, you know? Like, that Life audition. The, I, I memorized lines. I turned down other stuff so I can work for you. I did all this. And so, but like she said, send your actors their stuff, because even if it's free, technically, I guess, it's still, like, that is...
1: The, the bare minimum you can do. Yeah,
0: you know? like it, it'll at least give them a reel because that's how we get work. Exactly. We don't get work unless people can see what we can do. Yeah. Like I, I, I was lucky to book my first thing based off of an audition. Usually it has to be headshot, resume, and reel. Mm-hmm. If they can't see what you've done before, they don't want you.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and the the real thing I think has become like a hyper focus for actors I'm like, well, if I don't have a reel, I'll never get cast. I'll never book. Um, it. Having a reel definitely helps. That yeah. is a benefit. Um, but I'm a big believer is like it does need to be quality work. Yeah. Uh, if it is if it is janky, we don't want to see it, because we're going to just be looking at the bad production value. Uh, so in the meantime, doing student films, doing yeah. indie projects, yes, maybe you're not getting paid, but hopefully you're getting that footage. Because that that can be valuable. And and it is a, kind of a pride point, too, of like, oh, I'm building my reel. Right. Like it's like, ooh, got to add something to my reel. Yeah, like it's exactly. exciting. It's motivating. So yes filmmakers give them their
0: footage the only issue that like i have is on websites like actors access the fact that like if you have a three minute reel it's going to cost like 80 to 100 dollars to put it on it's like there. 22
1: dollars a minute or something. yeah yeah it's crazy and
0: i mean like yes you're not supposed to have a reel over like three to five minutes but so even that like that's why i haven't put it on there and like, it's I'm expensive. like, cool, I have Actors Access Pro, so I can apply for as many things as I want. But I'm like, oh, but I have to pay $200 to put anything on there. Mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: Well, okay. then you really get really specific. You're like, well, I don't want to put that one on, because I'm not going to yeah. waste the money on that project. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to wait till we get the good one. Uh, the nice thing, so Arizona, we call it a regional market. So basically, anything outside of LA and New York were considered regional, which is funny, because Albuquerque is so booming with film and television. But you're like, oh, you're a regional market. Like, Okay. Um, (laughs) Regional markets are much easier to break into the industry. Mm. So if somebody has a reel, it's great. I like to see it, especially if I've never auditioned them before. But if they don't have a reel, it's by no means a deal breaker for me Um, because I know in smaller markets it's so much harder to get that footage and I'm more likely to take a chance on you because in a regional market we also don't have 3,000 of you. I have maybe 30. So I'm going to take a chance on that new person Um, and then if you're signed with an agent, you get a better chance. Because I'm like, well, the agent's already vetted this person. They must be somewhat good, somewhat reliable. I'll give them a chance. And then we can continue to build that relationship, hopefully, they're good in their audition.
0: I was told um, by another buddy of mine that on sites like Actors Access, if you don't have all the materials, like a headshot and reel and stuff, you're put at the very bottom of the list for that. Which, obviously, that can be a very detrimental thing because... You're looking through if there's 100 auditions and stuff, and they've already seen 20 of them, and there's 20 that are really, really good. Chances are, I, I, I don't know how it all works. If no matter what, you guys go through every single audition, or if it's like within the first 20, if you find one that fits it, that's like, we want this guy, then.
1: So it's actually. Um so, what I think your friend is talking about is on actors access, they do have their own algorithm. So the more yeah. complete your profile is, the better chance it gets bumped up to the top. But that's in the submission process. Okay.
2: So before we've asked you to
1: audition, we're going through. Um, but with the caveat to that is we can filter by state, by agent, by role, and then I can do submission times. So we can sometimes I'll manipulate it because I'm like, oh, I just want to make sure I got everyone I wanted from that agent. Hmm. Um, or you know, I'm just I'm a few short on this role, so let me go into that one specifically. Gotcha. Um, so I'll look at it, I can filter it out. But having a more complete profile just does help because of right. the algorithm. Um, especially in bigger markets like LA or New York when we're getting 2,500 submissions for a role and I only have 80 time slots and I have picked 80 people.
2: Maybe I'll keep
1: going, find a couple backups, but then I'm done. Yeah. I don't necessarily look at every single submission. Now, once I've requested you for a self tape, I do watch every single self tape as long as you get it in by the deadline. Yeah. If, you, if it's after the deadline, I can't promise shit. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> like yeah. You're late. <laughs> no, not my problem. Um, so, as long as you get it in on your deadline or befo- on or before the deadline, then we are watching every single audition. Um, really? And I think that's, for me, a real pride point because the only way this new virtual system works is if there's trust on both sides. Right. I need actors to know when they're sending me an audition, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I can't guarantee it's going to get you cast, <laughs> but I'm guaranteeing I'm giving you a fair shot. I've invested looking at your headshot, your training, maybe your reel, your resume. And so I've already invested time in you that I want to watch your tape. If you don't send a tape and you've confirmed, then I get real upset. Yeah. And I'm like, and I email the agent, like, hey, this is considered a no show. And we do market in our system in Breakdown Services, which mm. is the casting portal versus Actors Access is the actor side. Um, I can make notes no showed for this audition, confirm it didn't send a self tape. And I typically, this might sound kind of harsh, I only put, I guess, bad notes in there. Yeah. (laughs) People are like, dude, do you ever put, like, great actor? And I'm like, no, because I just remember great actors. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I have to sometimes remember, like, oh, yeah, that's right, the last three projects they didn't sent in their self tapes. I'm going to give them a little beat.
0: I'll admit I've done that once. And And never again. You've got to learn. it It was a learning curve, but it was also, I think it was, like, internet issues or something or, like. I was like, oh, my God, I have this, because my ADHD brain doesn't let me remember stuff all the time. And I was like, I, I just ruined my entire career. Awesome. I remember <laughs> what she said in that thing. I did that, and I just ruined my entire career. Awesome. Okay, finance, where did you go again? We're, <laughs> we're going to go back into that.
1: No, no one's ever, um, like, blacklisted for that. Like, I I'm, again, I'm human. I know people make yeah. mistakes. What I don't like is when they've given somebody three or four chances and they continue to do that it. That makes sense. That I've had to tell the agent. I'm like, you know what, let's put them on a little pause. Give, yeah. them, give them six months, it clearly, ne- something's going on in their life that they can't do this right now. Yeah, I hope to see them in six months in their best version of themselves possible but yeah. I can't waste my time on this because there are other actors who would give their left arm for the opportunity for Absolutely. the audition. And so if the people, I think it's disrespectful to me mm-hmm. as casting but also to your fellow actors. If you can't do it, I would hope that you are a kind enough person, to be like, you know what, I can't let my buddy do it, yeah. you know. It's a process. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Have you made any highly? Your nails break.
1: Okay, this is so embarrassing. It's like my biggest fear. <laughs> like it unlocked. So I do clip-on nails because I, or like stick-on nails because I, and you'd be able to type. And oh, yeah. Nails I can't, and everyone wants to just got locked. Well, just
0: to save to save your own embarrassment, mm-hmm. I've taken like X's nails and i'm like you know what? i want to see how this is going to be so i've like worn press on nails for a little bit and i'm like sitting so there like scratching my own head or something or doing the whole tappy thing and then i was like i have to use the bathroom i don't know how to do this um can you give me a little bit of a pointer here and like i've asked some some girls and like i just use way too much toilet paper and i'm like that just seems so unproductive and stuff
1: Oh, I'm so unproductive. I'm like chicken typing. Like, do,
0: do, do. I know. I know and when I'm a I when when I see a girl type. There's a couple girls at my work that have long nails and they type typing. They're typing like. I'm like, no, I'm. I yeah. need to. I need to do this. Or like, we'll get their phone out. And they're like, doing that. <laughs> Even my girlfriend will be like, uh, and like trying to get her debit card out or something mm-hmm. or like using her knuckle. And I'm like, I can't like
1: zip up a dress. I have to like. I'm like, husband, Like, can husband, help me. <laughs> and he's like, what would you do without me? And I'm like. I would have to wear something else. I know.
0: Else. Like, <laughs> I don't know how women do it. I mean, I applaud you because I mean, it it looks good, but it's definitely it's.
1: I hate them. Like, but I love the look of them.
0: Yeah, they they look good.
1: But then functionality, it's like.
0: Wow. I I don't know how the women can have like the cardi B nails. That's my biggest thing. Like when I how like that's like that length. Okay, yeah. that, that's doable. That you can still function with those. But like when you have like the six inch ones and it's like this plastic Wolverine claws coming off. I'm like, how do you do anything?
1: It is like Wolverine claws. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't. I don't understand. Like, I understand a lot of other stuff that women decide to do, but the nails. I'm like, you're just making life harder on yourself. And I'm like, you do know that, like, most people think that the shorter nails are kind of more attractive. They're like, I know. And I'm like, why? I,
1: I, you I know, know, I have, my husband plays um, a hockey league, uh, and there's a woman on it who's amazing. And she and she's a great hockey player, and mm-hmm. she's got those big nails. And she puts her glove on, and I'm like, "How do you not break them? Yeah. Like you're going after this puck." And she's like, "Oh no, I'm just like so used to them." I'm like, "What?"
0: I just had a friend. Uh, she wears long nails, and uh, I just found out that she's a boxer. Like she boxes and stuff. I've put on boxing gloves. I'm like, "How do you?" I don't understand how you... Uh, are like, the UFC ones to where, like, they have fingerless things and you can kind of, like, even that... Like, would curl hurt. them in, I guess? I'm, I'm like, know. I don't know how you're able to do it. And she's like... I mean, there's indents and stuff. I'm like, I... Unless you're, like, not punching hard at all, like, I don't know how you're able to function in life with these kinds of things. It's like a
1: form of torture. Beauty. What we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <I'm> like, dang. <laughs>
0: um... Oh, the question I was going to ask before I embarrassed both of us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My nail debacle. Well, at least it's out there now. Now I I don't have to fear it. So thank you. It all worked out.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm sure at least more than half of the girls watching this completely relate to you.
1: Actually, you know, I'll give this a nice learning tip. It's called Impress Nails, and they're at Target, Walgreens. Yeah. And my actor ladies, if you don't like nails, it's cheap. They're like seven bucks. Yeah. You pop them on, and they look good for a day or two. Honestly, so.
0: I prefer that than paying the $200 for something that you have to get removed in two weeks anyway.
1: Exactly. That so. makes
0: more financial sense to me. So, so you're, you're welcome, everyone. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, go with the press on nails. I'll probably be better. I mean, I know you can gossip and stuff at your nail salon or do whatever it is. <laughs> I've gotten into nail salons. I can't be in nail salons. They give me headaches. Like immediately going in all There's the a fragrance, fumes yeah, and the stuff fumes. and everything like that. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, OK, cool two hundred dollar investment not bad and then like two weeks like i didn't get my nails done. i'm like you, you just did them
1: or heaven forbid if you break one oh my oh no like, not only is it painful but then the money you're like oh man
0: i've broken my nail and i'm oh. like how do you it's so painful it is i, I couldn't ima- like, even just breaking like like if it's a centimeter long and it breaks i'm like it bothers me so much i'm like i couldn't imagine if this was like three inches yeah. and then breaking the nail doing that like no I'm, I'm too OCD. I would have to like break them all off and be like, all right, we're starting all, all over again. Another $200. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of all that, I had um, one of my previous partners wore nails so long that the actual nail itself became so fragile that, like, when she stopped wearing nails, like, she had to have nails, or else, like, her nail would just be so fragile that it would oh, wow. cause injuries or something because like it just yeah.
1: like ruined her natural nails
0: yeah uh-huh. well there's so many times that she was getting them replaced and all that and... okay
1: well new fear unlocked yeah I was, <laughs> good like, thing i don't get nails <laughs> like i was just like oh they're
0: nails and then like i was like playing with it, it was like the most flimsy thing i've ever seen like my, like my nails you have to press to bend them and stuff i'm like okay that's right. normal and then for her i'm like why is it so and, like i was looking I'm, like this is paper thin like yeah, i just wear nails too often I'm, like that's that you, cannot be good. <laughs> you need like some keratin pills right now. You need to like not. Truly. It, it, uh, I, I couldn't, because that's how you get the peel and
2: stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Okay.
0: Ow. Yeah. Anyway, um, going back to the question again <laughs> when you have casted for a project, have you made any highly regrettable decisions when casting? Like you casted somebody, and then immediately you're like, I made the wrong choice for sure.
1: Um, So that's a a good myth to dispel. Um, So casting doesn't have the final say on who gets cast.
2: Really? Um,
1: I know. Um, So I would say 90% of the time, we're going to say the director gets their final say. Now, when it comes to television, there's a lot more other people, um, showrunners, writers, producers, that have to also sign off on it. Okay. But nine times out of 10, they're going to go with the director's choice, because that's what they're paying them for. right. get the big bucks. Sometimes they'll go against it. Um, in television, if they're like, no, 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 we've got you know this character arc happening, we can't. Do right. So there are things. Um, there have been times where I, per, again, maybe personally didn't like somebody. else, I don't know, getting like some weird vibe, but they've never maybe done anything. Yeah. To make me be able to say something, and I, back in 2020, we did a film, and I had a producer call and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this actor's awful. We've got to get on really? set. We have to recast. This is horrible." Um. And later we ended up chatting and I had kind of said like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really sold on that person, but at the end of the day you really liked her, so like I'm just going to leave it alone, and he was like, I wish you would have said something. Mm. Um, and so I was like, Ugh. and it is hard because like, if it was a director that I've worked with before and I have a relationship, I feel more comfortable, maybe I would have said something, but this is yeah. a new director, I hadn't worked before, and I wanted... You know, that they wouldn't want to be happy. And so those were the times I was like, man, I was like, I should have listened to my gut a little bit yeah. more. Uh, and that's a, a, a season that I'm learning within the last couple of years as well. just really listening to my gut. There's there's a reason I'm feeling off about something. If I take the time to meditate and journal on it, most likely I can find the solution of what is causing me concern and take mm. action on that. Whereas before, I'm just like, eh, ah, that's fine, whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh crap, that was not fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so piggybacking off of that, then, have you had instances where. You, you put out a casting thing. You had people audition, and like, there was somebody that like auditioned really well. You you felt so sure about them, and then immediately the, the directors looking at you like, why would you even dare choose this person? Like even from their videos, like I wouldn't choose them from a mile away.
1: Um, I haven't had that per se. A lot of times, the nice thing is directors and even writers like they have this idea of what they want, but if yeah. they're. In the creative process, that they're also open to maybe seeing something that they hadn't thought of, like oh, I never really envisioned it that way. But but they also rely on us of like, okay, you know the market, you know where people's talent are, you know how far you can kind of push and pull them. So sometimes I throw in kind of that red herring. I'm like, I know this is not what you wanted. I know you said you wanted this, but just watch this. Like just watch it. Yeah. Um, And nine times out of ten, they're like, oh, no, looks pretty good. Oh, yeah. We say directors are like a hair above cake people because they're just like, "Mm, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they just grunt. Mm. Yeah. The like, cool. Mm, good. <laughs> so when I get that, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they'll maybe really like it, but they're still, yeah, I, I want this person. I'm like,
2: okay. Yeah. Um, at the
1: end of the day, I try not to get too invested in one actor because I know there's so many variables to the industry, something can right. happen. Um so my optimum outcome with directors is when they say, Oh my gosh, everyone's so good, I don't know who to pick. I'm mm-hmm. like, Yes, I did it. Um and then when they say, Well, who would you pick? I'm If it was was my film or show I was producing heck yeah, I'd pick. But this is your project, it's your vision. I want you to bring it to life with who you want. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think if more actors would understand, like I really don't like hate anybody, um, that I want my client to be happy. Yeah. Sometimes the other person just booked because the director
0: liked them. It's not a personal attack, it's it's business. Like sometimes you gotta make business decisions that may not be the favorited. Per se by somebody else, and that's not directed at you necessarily. It's
1: Yeah. And then there's gonna be times where the director does like you, and you're yeah. like ha ha ha, Nana boo boo, <laughs> 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 <You're> like screw <laughs> everyone else. Um, so when it's meant to be, it will be for you. Um, and so leaning into the unknown of it, like you just have to learn that very early on as an actor.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So before we kind of wrap up this part, I do want to get a little bit nitty gritty again. Ooh, I like it. Um, what are some thing so I, I've I, I love hearing about transformations from people or people that really are in tune with themselves. What are some things that one thing that you have struggled with hardcore in the past that you have been able to overcome and something even today that you're struggling with that people may or may not know about um, that you're that you're struggling with, um, whether it be work, personal, just
1: I think for me right now, um, and I've been learning this lesson, sadly, for about a year now, is really the fear of rejection, and Mm. I've really had to disconnect that it's not me, it's not even maybe my business, it's not my prices, it's just in this moment, in this time space, it didn't happen, and I view... I'm such a perfectionist, so when I don't absolutely hit the goal to the T, right. I beat myself up so much for it. God, I'm such a loser. I rejected. <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, I launched the Southwest Actors Conference, and I was like, oh my gosh, everybody's gonna see this vision. It's gonna be absolutely amazing. And I was faced with a lot of rejection of people telling me, this is stupid. This is dumb. Who are you to do this? What's your background? Why would I show up? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Like, And it was just, it almost broke me, and I mm. really had to. Um, seek out a mentor. I had to put my energy somewhere else because it became so consuming that I was like, "I am gonna have a nervous breakdown." <laughs> I don't like rejection; it sucks. Um, so, um, I'm still in that phase of learning to be okay. And something I tell myself when I get rejected is that I just say, "Yes and," um, and okay. it's, yes, it happened. And what am I gonna do about it? Yeah. Move on to the next. Am I gonna wallow and give myself pity? And there are times. There's some big rejections I've had this year that I. Had to take a couple days. I was like, and I gave myself. I was like, you can pout for two days. Yeah. Just watch TV. Get that messy bun. The sweatpants out. <laughs> and then when come Monday morning, you snap out of it. Yeah. Um, because you can't wallow in that space. So I'm trying to just embrace it. So when I'm doing something that I'm like if I asking for something with the fear of like they might say no, or they might not want to. And I have to just yes and.
2: Yeah.
1: It's an improv technique, but I use it for yeah, yeah. I was going
0: to say I, I learned that in uh, one of my classes. A yes and, and it is. Honestly, like it sounds easy, but it's one of the most difficult things because you have to say yes and after everything, and you want to respond to them just boom, 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 like regular improv. And it's like yes and then like the second you don't, you're like, and she catches you, da, 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 you have to say that. I'm like, Ugh. how do I say yes and to this? I don't know how where yes and, like, that doesn't grammatically make sense. In this.
1: And when it comes to rejection, there's times I'm like, I don't want to say yes and this yeah. sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like this. Um, but I try not to stay in that space too long because it's, it's not a good space. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, nine times out of ten, it's not me. It's just I didn't get what I wanted in this moment in time.
0: Now, is that something that you have fully overcome already?
1: Oh, God, no. No? That's, so, that's my season that I'm in right now. I guess okay. my overcoming um, would be really controlling my self-talk, um, how I let myself talk to me, and I know this is getting like probably really woo-woo. Um, but. We you know, there's like some study out there like we have you know sixty thousand thoughts a day yeah and then the next day um, about fifty thousand of those thoughts are the same thoughts you had yesterday and mm-hmm. so not only is it not it's not me trying to think like don't think negative thoughts when a negative thought comes in I fight back at it I'm like well why not you Bella why couldn't you go out and do it you could do this why not who said no and so it's really combating that self talk um, instead of just shutting it down like, oh don't don't think negative thoughts um don't beat yourself up and I challenge it. And so yeah. really trying to change that self-talk because how we think ultimately becomes how we feel and then that becomes how we take action. Yeah. So if we constantly feel like shit, no wonder we're not taking action in our career, not moving the needle because we feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and it, and it maybe, again, I'm in this ignorance bliss state where I'm like, I'm just going to be happy. Well, my situation still might suck. Yeah. <laughs> I might still have been rejected, but I can choose how I talk to so that's really, I'm proud of myself for overcoming that. And again, they should be teaching this in school.
0: It's it's honestly one of the most powerful things I think is extremely underrated. I actually just had um, a mindset coach that was on that was, we started talking about that. And it's insane with how much this topic specifically is coming up because there's uh, one of my favorite artists, he mentions it in a song. I was mentioning that where, um, this is gonna be repetitive for those who are listening, but it was like every day that you wake up and you say you're not great, you won't be great. Not because you're not great, but because you say you're not great. And for me, I was like, oh, my gosh. that, that it, it might sound kind of woo to some people, but it's you are the thoughts that you produce to yourself every day. If you constantly say, I have anxiety, I have depression, blah, 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 you're telling yourself that. That's the, that's the path that your brain is going to go down. If you say you suck at math, guess what? You're not telling yourself, like, if you constantly, like, you're not going to be Einstein overnight, obviously. But if you can't, if you do tell yourself, like, oh, I'm good at math, you know? Like, I might have some struggles here and there, but I'm really good at math. Your brain will start taking on the path of how do I become good at math. And there's so many paths and stuff. Um,
1: and I've seen that with actors, too, yeah. because, you know, they, especially with the self-tape world, shifting. basically I think 95% of auditions are self tapes or some sort of virtual mode. And so many, well, I just can't self-tape. I don't book off of self-tape. And I tell them I'm like you're counting yourself out of the game before you've even started. Yeah. Because if you tell yourself I can't do self-dames, what's your brain gonna do? Yeah. It's gonna make sure you can't do it because it knows I can't do it. And so it's it's crazy. Like I feel like the mind is something that is so like untapped.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm personally. I'm like, I wanna be
1: the highest version of myself. Absolutely. Um, and it really does talk to it start with how you talk to yourself.
0: Oh, absolutely. And shoot uh... I love. This is the ADHD starting to kick in <laughs> again. I, I just got done. Happy thoughts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just oh, um, so, this is kind of like a newer area that um, you're actually kind of the first guest I'm starting this tradition with. Um, success has been a term and stuff that gets thrown around a lot. And I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about success in your life. And with being an entrepreneur yourself and being a business owner and all of that. What is success to you and how do you know when you have achieved it yourself in your situation?
1: that's a good one. Um, I think that's the high achiever in me is that I move the goalpost. I'm like, I'll be happy or I'll be successful when I do X. And mm. I do X I'm like well, I mean I, I know I did that, but what I really meant was why. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Ultimately, success for me um, is freedom and flexibility that I get to live my life. I do not dream of labor. And while I love my job and I'm so proud of my business, I want to spontaneously take a trip up north. Yeah. I want to travel to Europe and not worry that the whole world's gonna fall apart because I'm gone for two weeks.
2: Right. Um,
1: I want to just be able to disconnect and spend time with my family or not have to work I worked on my wedding. Because Did you know, really? Yes, and I told the client, like, I'm unavailable. I'm literally getting married. Um, and they we they had cast someone, a friend, and they dropped down. like We need this kid on set. And I'm like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, three hours before my wedding. Oh, shit. Um, so I want I want the freedom to just live my life, have hobbies, travel. Um, and ultimately, hopefully as I continue to grow the business and the brand, I'll be afforded that luxury. Right now, I'm not in that space in the sense of I'm choosing to work really really hard and hopefully setting my future self up for that success
0: yeah that was a big thing that uh, I know that like grind set stuff it's it's it, it, it has good intention but I feel like it also produces a lot of negativity and I feel like you have to have the right intentions behind it and you also have to find balance in it. Yes, you can work extremely hard now, but completely sacrificing every bit of your life now might not be the best option. I, I made that mistake myself. I In my last 9-to-5 job, I remember the biggest thing I was proud of myself was the fact that I had over 160 hours of PTO that I had not used. And for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, but I'm like, wait, that means I haven't taken a vacation in five years. I haven't done anything, really. And for me, I'm like, I was... Proud of the fact that I didn't enjoy my life. Instead, I dedicated every bit to a company that couldn't care less if I was working. That they for would it. replace
1: you tomorrow without blinking. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. And but I I agree. And it's it's refreshing to hear your
1: well. S- and that, and I and I totally understand like the grind, hustle, yeah, you know, work, till you that kind of thing. Like I'm not saying like, that's permanent. That's just the phase that I'm in right now. Right. Um, and it won't be forever. And to be honest, it's got like a four week timeline. I'm like I'm gonna grind it out yes, I'm waking up really early, and I'm just doing what needs to be done, yeah. but it's not sustainable forever, and I, do, and nor do I want it to be. I yeah. want to have, again, that freedom and flexibility to just hang out and relax, but right now, that's kind of, I guess, my season. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to hustle a little harder right now. Do <laughs> you have kids? I do not. Oh. Um, I have a long-haired chihuahua dog named Marley. He's a rescue. He's the love of my life, and I am married, but dog's number one. Yeah, I love this little stinger. He's turning 13 this month, and I just...
0: I think my dog is thirteen now
1: too. Oh, it's so hard when they become seniors. Oh my gosh! He's deaf and he's going blind, so he yeah. just like, in fear, like, oh <laughs> like <laughs> i here, like hoping know. he can hear. <laughs> my dog has
0: I call it s- selective hearing because she can hear in certain stuff, but then I can see like the cataract starting, and then she has the full gray face now, and I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, yeah. you're so old now.
1: It's hard. They don't. Yeah, that's the saddest part with, with animals. They just, yeah. They're not there forever, so it really, really forces you to be mindful and be present in those moments. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking about my dog, and people are probably like, this is a dog lady, but <laughs> um, I personally don't want kids, and so my my dog is my child. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't know, that, that was just, like, a weird question that I had off the top of my head, because out of, like, all the stuff, I noticed that you very much keep your personal life away from... All that business stuff. Like I've never once heard you mention husband or heard you mention. It's probably not good days. that I'm not
1: wearing my ring either. I promise I'm married, but yeah. I'm left-handed, and so I end up just like hitting it. on Oh, my hands, that makes sense. And I just frame. I feel like oh, get a rubber one. I don't know. I'm not property. Yeah. <laughs> my poor husband. I love him to death. We've been together for twelve years, thirteen years now. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, college sweetheart. <laughs> so,
0: no yeah. SCC.
1: Um, no, well, he he went to U of A. Okay. Um, so we met with my first year of SEC. Um, actually, this is this will be a fun way to round out how far I've come, casting out J.J. Abrams or Rob Schneider. But my very first job was the fitting room attendant at Target, and he was, he just graduated from uh, U of A and became the bike builder, like a seasonal bike builder during the holidays. And so we had to go to the back room to get hangers. And so like, oh, we're all out of hangers. I have to go back there. So I just go to talk to him and hang out. They come back to the thing like, "Where are the hangers?" I'm like, "Oh, they didn't have any." <laughs> so I just go back and <laughs> hang out with him. Um and that's how we met. And really? Yeah. And he's not an actor, he's not in the industry. He does cybersecurity. No so way. Completely different field, but he he keeps me grounded. <laughs> yeah?
0: Well, that's awesome. Sounds like you got pretty good life set up.
1: I did, I got the husband, I got the dog, Like I can't complain. Yeah, you have to work for
0: yourself. That's true? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Set my own schedule. Yeah.
0: Well, Bella, thank you so much for taking time. I can't imagine how busy everything must be for you. Um, I'll save this actually for the end of the live. Okay. Uh, cool. So right now, um, we're going to be transitioning from the regular podcast to the live. So for those um, who are newer to this, this is the end of the, of the formal podcast thing, so if you would like to skip to the next episode or watch a different episode, you're welcome to. This next one will be us going on Instagram Live on both of our accounts to kind of interact with you guys and have the, give you guys the ability to talk to us, to ask questions, um, and just have that kind of thing, maybe ask uh, questions that I never got to ask and, um, on the thing. So if you guys are interested, make sure to follow uh, unmasked with Alex, and then if you have any questions for her, um.
1: uh, Good Faith Casting on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I guess it's no longer called Twitter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> X. <laughs> I'm technically <laughs> on there, but I don't tweet that much. Or X. I don't even know now. Yeah. Instagram. That's a place to find me. You can always go to goodfaithcasting.com as well if you want to learn more about the business. Awesome.
0: Um, but otherwise, yeah, we're gonna cut here, and we'll see you guys in the next one.
1: Airs. <laughs> uh, everyone, go listen to it. Give it thumbs up, subscribe, hearts. I'm not sure how podcasts really work. <laughs> but so support. They, can, they can follow. Follow. That's what you need to do. You need to follow to listen to the episode because we talked about some amazing goodness. Um, but my name is Bella Hibbs. I'm a casting director here in the Southwest. We cast for film, television, and commercials. Um, and I have been casting for over 13 years now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when you put a number years. to it, it's like, whoa. <laughs> That's an
0: impressive, like, I even for small businesses. When I was developing it for small business, they were saying, Five years is the mark. If you can make it past five years, you have a very good chance of being successful. So 13 years is already a- I'm already so, winning the game. Oh. So <clears throat> what are some of the biggest myths about your industry that people constantly kind of bring to you, but you always have to debunk for them?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, the biggest myth is that thinking that they're too old to start acting that they have missed their timing. It's too late for them. They can't be an actor. Like They've already had maybe a whole career or a lifetime doing mm. something else. Well, I can't get into acting. That is further from the truth. It's just like investing. Like, Yeah, sure. We probably all should have started investing right when we turned 18. Right. Um, but the next best time is today to start. And it's the same thing with acting. If you want to get into the industry, you can start at any time. You've never missed these arbitrary timelines that we put on ourselves and our dreams and our goals. Like You can truly get into it. Is it going to be easy? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. But you can do it. I believe that if you have a passion and you want to do it, you can. So age is not a barrier.
0: That's, that's a really good point, too, because you also have to realize a lot of shows have very specific parts only for an older uncle or an older generation. Like, yes, there's a lot of people that get started or get their start when they are young, and they're able to kind of age. But the amount of people, I'm like, oh, I've never seen them. But they play a perfect, like, grandpa nobody else can play it unless like they are white hair and just older look to them and so it's it's interesting that people do think that and i think that there is unfortunately big stigma around that you're not really going to be successful unless you have been in it unless you were discovered at a very young age like leonardo he was discovered at a very young age he's been doing it his entire life a lot of other people have the sense that they're not gonna be a successful actor unless they did get their start in their late teens, early 20s.
1: And that's just fear talking. It's, you know, oh well, I'm quote old. I can't, I can't be successful. But if you dig a little deeper, it's just fear masking you because you're about to do something that makes you uncomfortable. Right. And so when you can identify, you're like, okay, I'm feeling a little scared. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, that means you gotta go do it.
0: Absolutely. Um, we do have one question from Caitlin Lowe Acting says, do you prefer EP, EPK or website for actors?
1: Oh, um, OK, so for those of you who don't know, electronic press kit um, versus a website. Honestly, I don't look at those very often. Um, typically, people will submit their EPK when they're a little bit newer. Maybe they move to the market. They're like, oh, hey, I'm here now, and maybe I'll glance at it. Mm. Um, I personally don't look at a ton of websites unless I'm actively looking for someone. Um, so I guess in like the political answer, I could care less for either of them.
0: I honestly didn't even know an EPK EPK EP I can't say that. EPK, I yeah, know. Yeah. EPK. I've never heard <laughs> um, that and I am an actor. What yeah. what is an
2: EPK?
1: Um so it's just a press kit. So it has maybe your like your headshot on your resume. Oh, oh. It has maybe um if you okay. have maybe if you were in a film that won an award or was at a festival, gotcha. like a little paragraph, some of your stats. It's just kind of that like quick one or two pages that somebody could just glance at and get the visualness of your career. Okay. I would say tip like not to be mean to anyone in Arizona, I don't think anyone in Arizona has an EPK kit, or oh my gosh, No, I'm saying it wrong, <laughs> electronic <laughs> press kit. Typically I see that in LA or New York, and these are a little bit higher level of an actor that gotcha. they've been booking um, pretty consistently getting those larger roles.
0: I, I do like that question too for the fact of when I was first getting into the acting industry, one of the first things people were saying was, do you have a website that all your stuff is on? And I was just like, I didn't know that I have to have a website. I have to pay another thing. I have to have something. I can't just email it all. And I mean, I've been able to get most of my roles without getting a website, but I have seen a lot of success in being able to just be like, oh, you want to see all my stuff? Here's my website. Go through it. Everything's on there. So.
1: You know, it's nice to have a website or at least social media because there are times where an actor will be, let's say, with agency A. Mm-hmm. They leave. They don't tell casting. I ask request them for an audition. Agency A, hey, they're not going to tell me where they went. They probably don't know. So then I'm trying to like Google them, find them on social media. Like, right. who are you with now? Um, and there was actually one woman recently, a director on a film, um, had worked with her before, and was like, I want to bring her back for my other film. And I can't find her contact information. Mm. Can you find her? I could not find this woman. I was like, kind of impressed because she had no social media. She wasn't on <laughs> Actors Access, no IMDb. I'm like, where is she? Yeah. We eventually got a hold of her, but it was, I was like, okay, this is a time where you should have a website because right. I could not find anything on her. So if you don't have an Actors Access or you're not on IMDb, maybe yeah. consider getting, you know, a, was it, like a Wix page that's, you know, yeah. 10 bucks a month, yeah. something low maintenance. <laughs> Honestly,
0: I, I, I decided to go through with it, but even doing something like Wix or, uh, I don't know, there's a bunch of different websites that allow you to just make a free website. And it's obviously not something that you're expecting billions of people to visit every day. So I feel like having something like yourname.wix.com, I mean, I, I, coming from an, a casting director, I don't think you'd really judge them for having a Wix website or oh, something. Oh, so. not at
1: all. And really, I feel like the website nowadays, especially with social media and everything being online, yeah. it's not as needed as much. There was definitely a time and point point that I would say, yes, you need a website, right. that was 10 years ago, you don't really need it now. I see the people who do have a website typically have, um, they're multi-passionate, yeah. so maybe they also have a podcast or they have an Etsy account where they're selling you know, clothing, whatever, so those people typically have a website just because they already have it for their other businesses um, and it makes yeah.
0: sense. Exactly. Uh, Preacher Joe says, how long before you consider someone who has done day player roles to bigger supporting roles?
1: Um. I, it's hard to say like an exact timeline on it because it's not only that you're auditioning, you have to be consistently booking, not only with our office, but other offices as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess if I had to put a timeline, it takes a couple years um, mm-hmm. because depending on where you are, you might only have the opportunity to audition for a film twice a year. Right. And the chance of getting that can be really hard to actually book it. You're getting auditioned, but are you booking? So it is definitely a long game. Now, if you're in a market like LA and you've really picked up some momentum and you're like, dude, I just booked 12 co-stars this year, you might be on the path to getting guest stars a little bit quicker right. um, or reoccurring, but it, it's definitely a long game. Um, I can't really say I could put like an exact year or month to it, but it's a while. It, you got to put a lot of hustle in.
0: That makes sense. Okay. Uh, first Class uh, Lady Star says, how can you find auditions for older women?
1: Well, you can find auditions anywhere um, for all age groups on Actors Access, Casting Networks, Um, And then depending on where you're located, a lot of times each state will have some sort of Facebook group. So like Arizona has like AZ actors, um, Arizona filmmakers, um, New Mexico has film, uh, film New Mexico. So look in your local area for something. Realize the ones that you are seeing publicly probably are low budget, maybe indie stuff that you're working for free. Um, ultimately, your goal will be to get an agent because they're going to have access to those bigger projects um, for casting. Right. A lot of times we have NDAs, so we can't always post a casting publicly. We can only go through the agents and managers. So ultimate goal, get an agent. But in the meantime, be submitting yourself on Actors Access and Casting Networks. Those are the two big ones.
0: What about like backstage? Um... Things like that
1: you could do backstage as well I personally don't use that site as much um, and I feel like they're really low budget on there really um, and the thing is and, I, and then they pray I think on that all these sites do because it's like you, you want that big break right um, you're like, oh sweet $200 that sounds great and then you read you're like oh this is for Nike they own this in perpetuity forever yeah and then you're like oh now I know why they post in this publicly so when submitting yourself just you know, I know it's the boring business side of acting, but that's where you can protect yourself as an actor, especially for-profit companies that are only paying you know, $100, $200, it's highway robbery. Now, if it's a student film, an indie film, uh, that doesn't have funding, yeah, you're probably working for free, but they're also not a for-profit company, so I feel like right. it's, you're doing it in, in for the arts. <laughs>
0: yeah, I will also say another free resource that I personally started using when I first got into acting was Durantcom, um, that one, it's not going to be any giant feature film type of deals or, like, huge, high-budget, multi-million dollar deals, but it's a good place to find just work. If in, looking, Arizona. Yeah, it, it, in Arizona. Yeah. That is Arizona-based. I don't know. I know that, uh, Miss Lady Star, uh, you were saying Houston, Texas. Do you know anything about casting Houston. stuff in Houston.
1: Um, it's still Actors Access or Casting Networks be are the main ones. Okay. Um, I don't know if they have. I'm sure they probably, again, look into the Facebook groups and find yeah. the community. And that's where community can be really helpful is asking actors like, have yeah. you had much success with this site? Because some of the sites eventually you have to pay for if you want to continue using it. So right. you can ask, like, hey, are you getting a lot of work on this? Actually, no, you should use this site. And that's where the community aspect can really yeah. help.
0: That was, it was funny. So when I first got into everything, I was on backstage. and. I didn't pay for membership or anything. The first role I ever booked, though, was actually through Backstage only because she put, I think, her email in the description. And so I just copy and pasted, and I just directly emailed oh. her and did that. And she's like, oh, I can't see anything on there, but I-, I want you to submit. I'm like, I actually don't have an account with Backstage. I just I saw your information. So... That is a little tip. I, I don't know if how professional of a tip that is. I mean, if they is. put their email there, yeah. I kind of
1: feel like it's fair game. A lot oh. of the
0: projects I see will put a website either to the production company or an email or some sort of contact information. So that's kind of the way I get around directly. Oh, it paused because, sorry, the 10% mark is oh. coming on. <laughs> it's um, crunch time now. <laughs> yeah, that is the way that I kind of am able to... Backdoor it in without having to pay for the full membership. Obviously, not every project will put contact information into the role, but some will. Um, but that's just kind of a case by case basis. Uh, if they
1: don't have contact information, do not go off search and find it. Um, there's a reason it's not posted and you will get hurt. But if they're posting it publicly, I yeah. say that's fair game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, see if there's any other questions on here. Um, by the way, in case you guys are newer to this thing, um, so. I'm Alex with Unmasked with Alex Podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. I'm here with Bella Higgs. She's a casting director here in the Southwest. And uh, we just filmed an episode for the podcast, but we are on a a live right here to basically give you guys a chance to interact, ask questions. Um, I do see that we have an invite to join. Unfortunately, we're not going to be having other people on on just so that we can kind of keep this a little bit more short and stuff. And we don't want to have someone on have an hour long conversation right now.
1: And you, really, it's about me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> no. exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, but if you guys do have questions or anything, feel free to ask right here. We are answering every question that we can pretty much read right here. Um, granted, obviously appropriateness and all that kind of stuff. Um, but if no, I am not
1: single. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot date me. I'm off the market. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't even know that until I this. Um, just a huge thank you to Bella for all her honest guidance. Always, yes. Oh, thank you, Casey. Uh,
1: um, honestly, yeah, you all a- the
0: work that you do put in every Thursday, she's on a live. Is it Thursdays?
1: So it is Thursdays normally, but I didn't go live today because I was doing this and I had a bunch of meetings. So I will be going live tomorrow. I do casting and conversations. Uh, and so I also... So I'm casting director at Good Faith Casting, but I also launched the Southwest Actors Conference, Mm -hmm. and I'm the opening keynote this year. So in preparation for my keynote, I am doing mini lessons every week leading up to the conference. So even if you can't make it, you'll get some awesome goodness. But I will say I've been working on my keynote a lot this week, like really finalizing, getting in the groove, and y'all, it's fire. I'm like, (laughs) I'm so excited. Like there's definitely, I'm nervous because I'm a perfectionist, but I'm like, it's gonna be good. So each week it helps me practice and you get a free mini lesson. (laughs) And
0: where can, in case they haven't, or they don't know what Southwest Southwest Actors Conference is, Go ahead and do a little plug for that
1: yes yes um so the southwest actors conference is an educational conference located here in arizona but it is for actors across the southwest so la as far as over as texas Mm -hmm. we have educational sessions with top acting coaches and teachers in the morning and then we do panels with industry experts in the afternoon so we have our casting director panel with myself and other casting directors across the southwest um, talent agents la managers and this year we have a new panel for directors and producers because i was working with a director on a film and she had made this comment She's like oh i just wish actors like wouldn't do this like if they only knew right. and i was like oh girl you got to come. And she agreed, she's like, let's do it. So then I brought in another director, another producer. And so I'm really excited to have that conversation because I'm Mm. always preaching to talent, like do this, don't do this. And it's not just me, it's not my preference. I'm not running out here to lecture people because that's I don't want to do that. But these are the principles that directors and producers also want to see. So I'm really excited for everyone to get to hear directly from them. So it's happening September 29th, 30th, and October 1st here in Arizona. And hopefully you guys will all see. Um, I know Joe, he went last year, had a really awesome time and he's been crushing it And again you know like I can't guarantee you're gonna get signed can't Mm -hmm. guarantee you're gonna book some big project but it can guarantee that you can take the action or take the knowledge that you're learning from all of these teachers which many of them are working actors themselves Mm -hmm. so they're practicing what they preach you know they're not just like oh do it this way because I said so it works they're booking they're on shows Um, and so you can take that and apply it to any audition in any market right away and the tangibility of that I think is just magical
0: that's awesome Uh, we do have one one last question um how long do you think is a fair time to do between headshots or to get another headshot
1: okay so on average you want to be updating at least every two years or if your look significantly changes so like i have like really long hair if i decided tomorrow i wanted to cut a cute little bob i could never pull that off um (laughs) i would have to get new photos if you dye your hair um or maybe you have a significant weight loss or weight gain you need to be looking Like yourself. So if you have a significant change, you might have to update it sooner, but on average, you can go about two years without having to update it.
0: Okay. I know on Actors Access, it says six months. Like, Does you, it say six months? It says you haven't, like, on mine, it says you haven't uploaded a new media thing in six months. And I'm like, I haven't changed that much in six months, though. I might have gotten a new haircut, but, like, I, handy, I'm yeah. done with the puberty stuff. I don't have giant changes that happen. That... You're not going to
1: shoot up, yeah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like,
0: exactly. Oh, I've
1: grown four inches. <laughs> I mean, kids, it sucks, because, yeah, you have to yeah, update them a lot yeah. more. For but... them,
0: it probably is closer to six months <laughs> or around that age. Yeah. where it's, like, every year, like, Like they go like first grade to third grade completely different people versus
1: as an adult we're mostly staying the same um but i will say a good tip especially right now obviously during the strike but even during the holidays a lot of headshot photographers will offer discounts or like Mm. mini sessions or just like a one look so maybe you don't want to do like a whole full-on photo shoot with you know multiple different outfits like i just need like one um this is a good time to get a good deal going into the holidays as well you can snag a good deal typically they'll last like you know, you have to use it within three months. So mm. it gives you a little bit of time, something to look forward to. Um, I personally love getting new headshots. Um, yeah. I don't do acting headshots. I do more for my blog and content creation, but I love it. It's fun. Yeah. You gotta no, play it's, around.
0: Especially a lot of the photographers here that do professional headshots are f- fantastic photographers. Yeah. I got mine done by finding new pictures. Mm-hmm. And Dustin, he's a fantastic photographer. It was literally like one of the quickest sessions, but it was only because he made it feel quick. That's my little plug just because. He, he was my uh, headshot photographer. I'm sure you guys can email or reach out to her and ask her what headshots uh, or headshot photographers would also be good. Um, we do have to start wrapping up here soon. Um, would you look at actors' real if it's in another language?
1: Um, probably not, unless the role was looking for that. But even then, I couldn't tell you I would know what's going on. <laughs> um, like, we do a lot of Spanish casting. And, and I took two years of Spanish in high school, but I wouldn't say I, like, I know Spanish. Right. I know like some words and phrases. Um, so most likely, I would prefer them to be in English because that's my niche. But if you are in another country or you're submitting for another project that is in a different language, that could be a really good um, highlight to have.
0: OK, awesome. All right. Well, if you guys do have any other questions, feel free to DM me um, or however she wants contact. If, uh, she, if you guys do have questions for her, I'm sure you guys can just email her and she'll um, kind of go through that. Um, make sure to follow my podcast as well. Uh, I talk to entrepreneurs and artists about who they are and how they got to where they are as well as lessons that they learned along the way. Um, one of the big reasons why I had Bella on, because she's an entrepreneur and an artist. So, um, But yeah, make sure to follow the podcast. Uh, I have uh, interviewed quite a few different actors, models, uh, directors, that kind of stuff. So if you guys are interested in that, do that. Um, and, and it's then- really
1: good. There's a lot of free information. So if you're like, well, I can't afford to take acting classes, you can afford to listen to this podcast, because it's good.
0: Thank you. <laughs> and then also, for all your casting needs, go follow Good Faith Casting. They post some of... The best opportunities possible and you can submit for free it's it's not one of those places where you have to submit for $20 per submission you I don't charge
1: a dime and yeah. that's and no no casting director really should be charging anything so um, if you see if you encounter that beware
0: yeah so go to her profile her websites in her profile um, go follow her and without further ado um, do you have everything I'm going to let her close out the (laughs) live.
1: Well, hi, everyone. My name is Bella Hibbs, and I've just been unmasked.
0: Heck yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Bella.